Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Everyday Black History. Happy Friday to you all. It is the beginning, the first week of the month of June and um, I hope so far your week has been going well and um, you know as we continue on throughout this year, six months down, as we know a lot of stuff has been going on this year and between the pandemic and now with you know, uh, you know, brothers and sisters getting killed and assaulted by police and the protests and the looting. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that's going on and a lot of you know feelings, raw feelings, you know, out there amongst you know, amongst the people, you know, deservedly so. So um, you know, it's 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 a rough time. It's a rough time, but you know, we as a people, we. We, uh, we're, we're strong people, and we've survived a lot, and we'll survive this as well. So everybody, keep your heads up, stay strong, and um, just hold just hold your loved ones and appreciate your loved ones and every day and every moment that you have with them. But as we say on Everyday Black History, we want, we want to provide a positive distraction. And um, our history is a positive distraction because we've done so much and contributed to so much so many different industries and fields um, that you know um, the the people the people of the African diaspora have contributed to, and today we're gonna highlight a woman who contributed not 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 only contributed she was a let me, let me rephrase that she was a pioneer in the field of aviation for black men and women, and her name is Bessie Coleman, and you might have heard of her before. You know, she's a little more well-known now. Her accomplishments has been um, dramatized and, and different things. I don't know if you ever watched that show, Drunk History. They did an episode on Bessie Coleman um, in D.C. a couple of years ago. I went to the to the um, Air and Space Museum, and they have a, a section where they talk about black um, aviators, and her. she's prominently displayed for her accomplishments, and I had known the name, but that's kind of when I saw her and decided to just research her a little more. But uh, she's a pioneer in the field of aviation, and she was an inspiration to many black pilots who followed her. She was the first uh, woman of of African-American descent and Native Indigenous descent to hold a pilot license. And uh, she received her pilot license in Europe, because during that time, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for black uh, native or women pilots in the United States. Um, but just a little, a little bit of background information on her. She was born January 26, 1882 in Atlanta, Texas. And, uh, she was the 10th of 13 children. Wow. And her father, George Coleman, uh, his grandparents were of, uh, were Cherokee Indians and her mom was African American. Now she grew up in a family of sharecroppers and um, she attended, you know, school in a segregated school. It was a, a one-room segregated school where she had to walk four miles to every day. But she was a good student. She was a great student. She was outstanding in math, and she loved to read and um, establish herself as a as a as a top student in her class. And she um, completed her her elementary education um, in school in uh, in, in Texas. Now. Um, she, you know, had to work like many people during that time as well. 
um, since her family was sharecroppers, they had to uh, work during the cotton harvest. Now, her dad, George Coleman, um, left the family to pursue um, better opportunities. He went to uh, Oklahoma, or at that time it was known as Indian Territory, to look for better opportunities for his wife and children, and they didn't follow. Now, that's not um, any, there's no you know, information as far as what happened then, if he ever came back or returned to the family. But, um, you know, at the age of 12, she was accepted into the Missionary Baptist Baptist Church School on a scholarship. And when she turned 18, she took her savings and she enrolled in what is now called Langston University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Back then it was called the Oklahoma Colored Agricultural and Normal University in Langston, Oklahoma. She completed, you know, one year before her money ran out, she had to return back home. But that didn't stop her. You know, she continued to work and do what she had to do to fulfill her dream. And at the age of 23, she moved to Chicago, where she lived with her brothers, and she worked at a as a uh, manicurist. And um, she heard about uh, stories of flying from wartime pilots who returned home from World War One. And so that's what what, uh, sparked her interest to really, really want to make a goal of being a pilot. And so she took a second job where she worked at a chili parlor to save money in hopes of becoming a a pilot. But as we mentioned, a lot of American flight schools, all the American flight schools, um, didn't admit women, uh, blacks, or or, um, women or blacks to uh, their uh, flight schools. So... um, with the encouragement of a man by the name of Robert S. Abbott, who was the founder and publisher of the Chicago Defender, which was the uh, highest circulated black newspaper of its day, um, he encouraged her to study abroad. And he publicized her quest in his newspaper um, to study abroad and to get her pilot's license. And she received financial uh, sponsorship from a banker by the name of Jesse Binger, who was a, a black businessman at the time. Um, when, so she went out to, to Europe and she uh, ended up in France where she uh, you know, took uh, French language uh, classes. She took French language classes and then she traveled to Paris on November 20th, 1920 so she could earn her pilot's license. And she learned how to fly on different planes in France. And um, in just a few months, in June 1921, she became the first black woman um, and the first woman of, of Native Indian descent to uh, earn an aviation pilot's license. And uh, she was the first uh, a woman of both black and Indian descent, uh, Native Indian descent to earn an international aviation license in France. And she was determined to polish her skills, so she took uh, further, further training, further lessons um, over the next two months uh, from a French ace pi- um, pilot near Paris. And in September 1921, she sailed for America, and she became a media sensation when she came home. Now, when she came home, uh, at the time, commercial flight was was like a decade or more in the future. So she wanted to try and make a living um, through aviation, through flying. So she realized the way to do that was to um, participate in air shows, civilian air shows. And she became a stunt flyer, and she became known for her dangerous tricks and her and her stunts um, that she did. And she was very successful, and she did it for paying audiences. Um, but in order to succeed, she needed advanced lessons, advanced lessons, and so um, 
When she returned to Chicago, she couldn't find anybody to teach her. So, in February 1922, she went back to Europe, where she spent the next two months in France, completing an advanced course in aviation, then she went to the Netherlands and took more advanced courses, and then she traveled to Germany, where she received additional training from one of the company, from one of the country's uh, top pilots. And then she came back to America, where she launched her career in exhibition flying. And she became known as Queen Best because she was that good at um at stunt flying and she was a popular draw over the next five years at these air shows um she was invited invited to important events um and interviewed by newspapers and she was admired by both black and white people she uh, flew on different planes and um she the first uh, air, uh appearance she made was at an air show where they were honoring black uh, veterans of the 369th entry Infantry um, Regiment of World War One on um, September 3rd, 1922, and it was held in Long Island, New York, and it was sponsored by Robert Abbott, who was um, you know, the founder of Chicago Defender, and he, he the newspaper covered the event, in which they billed her as the world's greatest woman flyer, and it featured aerial displays from eight other eight other American pilots as well as a jump by a black parachutist by the name of Hubert Julian. Um, she was known for her daredevil maneuvers, figure eights, loops, near ground dips, and the crowds loved her. You know, she was a huge draw. Um, she was big, like as mentioned, for, she was big for the next five years in these air shows and she made a living, but she wanted to, uh, uh, do more than just that you know she was known and she had a reputation as a skilled and daring pilot who would stop at nothing to complete um, a difficult stunt she she broke legs she broke ribs you know and 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 on different occasions when her plane stalled and crashed but and she was good at what she did and she received the respect of everyone who watched her but she wanted to do more than just you know air stunts you know she had a goal where she wanted to open up a school where she can teach you know other other young young ladies and and and, and uh black boys and girls who wanted to become aviators like her you know she can teach them the skill um so she you know she was committed to promoting aviation and combating racism and she wouldn't fly for a show that wouldn't let you know black americans in there if the if the event prohibited black americans she wasn't flying there um so in, in the 1920s she went on speaking tours because she wanted to raise awareness for aviation and you know become an inspiration and she you know got to meet people um you know reverend hezekiah hill was a man she met who became like a father to her community activists um you know became you know friendly friends with her and um you know, she got to making different contacts and she, you know, she used that platform to promote aviation and to promote uh, black Americans as well as the native Indian community um, in the field of aviation. Um, she even had a chance to play in a movie um, called Shadow and Sunshine, uh, Sunshine which was going to be financed by the African-American Seminole Film Producing Company. But when she read the script and found out that her character would be, a, you know, stereotypical, she declined to, you know, act in a movie just based off her principle. 
you know, and you, you know, you got to, you know, you had to respect that because she could have used that platform um, as publicity to advance her career, but she wouldn't do that if it came um, with downplaying her race and, you know, and stereotypical means. So not only was she an inspiration in flying, but she also had principles when it came to her people and the representation of her people. Uh, she was an inspiration to many pilots, men and women. Uh, William J. Powell, who was a simple engineer and aviator and also a pioneer and for blacks and aviators, dedicated his book to her, Black Wings, which was, which was written in 1934. He said, because of Bessie Coleman, we have overcome that which was worse than racial barriers. We have overcome the barriers within ourselves and dared to dream. And uh, he served in a segregated unit during World War One. And he, after her, began to tirelessly promote the cause of black aviation through his book, his journals, and through the Bessie Coleman Aerial Club, which he founded in 1929. Um, Unfortunately, Bessie Coleman, you know, didn't live long. She died at a young age on April 30th, 1926. Um, When she was in Florida, she had purchased a plane and her mechanic uh, and publicity agent was... uh, um, flying the plane to her in preparation for an air show and he had to make three forced landings along the way as he was flying from Dallas because the plane that they had brought was poorly maintained so they were going to fix it up and fly it but um, and people asked her not to use the plane because it didn't seem it wasn't safe um, but she you know got in the plane anyway to test it out and um, her and uh, William D. Willis, who was her mechanic and publicity agent, they flew in the plane to test out the plane. And um, unfortunately, she didn't have her seatbelt on, and because she was gonna, she was planning a parachute jump for the next day. So she just wanted to look over and just, you know, see the the scenery or whatever. Um, unfortunately, about 10 minutes into the flight, the plane unexpectedly went into a dive and then a spin at 3,000 feet above the ground. She was thrown from the plane at 2,000 feet and unfortunately died instantly when she hit the ground. And William Willis was unable to gain control, regain control of the plane, and he died when it plummeted to the ground. Um, it's real sad the way you know she died in such a such a horrible way. Both of them dying in such a horrible way. Um, and then it was discovered afterward that a wrench that was used to service the engine on the plane had jammed the controls. And that's why they lost controls of the plane. And she was only 34 years old. Um, her funeral was attended by 10,000 mourners, 10,000 people. Um, and it didn't get any mention from, you know, most media. But black uh, newspapers uh, covered her death and, um, and, you know, showed respect to her and her, and her accomplishments. Uh, but it was sad for her to, to die in such a horrible way. But... You know, her her legacy lives on. She was honored in so many different ways. There are streets named after her. Um, you know, uh, there are schools named after her. There, you know, she was her accomplishments are definitely well known uh, throughout the years of her death. You know, she died April 30th, 1926. You know, so she didn't really get to live to see her dream come true of opening her own aviator school. But she was such an inspiration for so many people that came after her. And, you know, um, you know, today we, we celebrate her accomplishments. So, Bessie Coleman, we thank you for your contribution to black history and black culture. And we salute you.
Now that concludes this episode of Everyday Black History. We just wanted to do, you know, a quick one today and shout out a pioneer like Bessie Coleman um, for what she's, you know, done for the field of aviation, for black Americans in the field of aviation. And, um, you know, as mentioned in the outset, and everybody keep your heads up and, you know, let's try and stay positive out there. And, you know, as we, you know, black is beautiful. And, you know, that's what Everyday Black History is about. So we'll be coming at you soon with another episode. So stay tuned for it. Be safe out there and be healthy.